a few questions to build some momentum before we get going. So when did you start playing Dynasty Fantasy Football? Probably like four or five years ago. Like I was always a redraft guy and I always loved like rookie prospect scouting. And then I had a friend basically like, you know, like you get offered a drug in a bathroom. That's kind of how it was. He's like, you, you ever tried Dynasty, man? Like you had redraft. This other shit's really good. So <laughs> I tried Dynasty. And now here we are like five years later. And it's this monster that consumes me. So. It truly is a monster that consumes us. Yeah, <laughs> not necessarily a gateway drug. Yeah, it's more of a hardcore, hardcore thing. Soon you'll be into oh, yeah. the best ball stuff and the puppy drafts, and you'll just be hardwiring that stuff into your veins. Uh, favorite <laughs> yeah, wide? I mean, Dynasty is that gateway drug because you're going into Debbie, <laughs> and then you're getting into like you know camp to yeah campus, and it, it just you know. It can just get into some weird stuff. I agree. You just yeah. keep snowballing. <laughs> so since we're talking wide receivers in this in this episode, who is your favorite wide receiver you've ever had for a fantasy team? And who is your favorite wide receiver for an NFL standpoint? Favorite wide receiver I ever had for a team was Antonio Brown. Uh, I had Antonio Brown. Like I was drafting wide receivers early before it was cool. I was like always a ZRB guy and Antonio Brown, a crazy bastard won me a lot of games. So, uh, and then like for like real life NFL, um, I'm a Patriots fan and I became a Patriots fan solely because Randy Moss went there and I was like in middle school. So I was like, I got to pick a team. So I guess if Randy Moss is here, this, this is where I'm at. And this is why you don't make life decisions in middle school. So, <laughs> Antonio Brown, yeah. I mean, as a Steelers fan, obviously, I have a, I have a great a great love hate relationship with Antonio Brown. And during those those mid twenty tens, where he was putting up wide receiver one numbers, Hall of Fame numbers, really. Yeah, I mean, he's a cheat code mm-hmm. in, in fantasy. Nerd, same question. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I have to piggyback that and say Antonio Brown because during that time, um, owning him, like in my first years of Dynasty, he was, you know, I said it and forget it. He was instant, you know, 20 points a game, if not. Um, one of the first round wide receivers that you didn't regret, you know, there was a Michael Thomas year where I was like, oh my God, I love this. This is great. Um, and that never happened again. So, Antonio Brown was consistent and he definitely um, played through the crazy. You know, you, you put up with all that nonsense, um, much like the NFL did, where you're like, oh, he's going to miss a game here. He's going to miss a game there. But, you know, it's, it was solid. You know, I can't I can't ever say anything bad fantasy wise when it comes to Antonio Brown. And we lost JC. <laughs> All right, we're gonna get him right back. There he is. Okay, white right. slot receiver. Yeah, wait. So, gritty did you white us with yours. Hey, hang on. Let me guess. Is it Edelman or Welker? Which one is it? It's got to be somebody like that, right? Patriots yeah. fan. Yeah. No, I was asking. I was asking Nerd if that was his favorite. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay oh no. Okay. We, we lost you, and all we heard was gritty white wide receivers. So there was nothing, no contact. <laughs> so um, I I do like Edelman. Um, I don't know. I don't I don't want to say 
another Patriots wide receiver, though. Um, I don't want to overload the Patriots here. Um, I think I would have to go with Devontae Adams. Um, in his earlier days in Green Bay, I was just, you know, I could watch. I, he made me watch Green Bay games a lot. And I hate Aaron Rodgers with a passion. So um, he's he's definitely made me like a secondary um, Green Bay fan. And, you know, I hate I love and hate him for that. So they're the team I root for if the Patriots are far gone. He's got some of the best tape to watch. Like if you want to see someone who's just like it's not just like, OK, this is really good tape that you find on a prospect. Devontae Adams is like beyond that. And it's like, OK, here's where you're just like making shit up and reinventing the, the position now. Like I've seen him like flash his hands to go inside and then like cut up field and just, just do like mastery. So that's a, that's a solid answer regardless. Yeah, absolutely. Mine, mine aren't as fun. I'm going to go Michael Thomas fantasy and then Heinz Ward real, real life NFL. I, I appreciate a guy that that's willing to block in the run game and, and be physical. The um, best crack blocker I've ever seen. He made yeah. it illegal, to be honest. Like, yeah, like, I know. Like, it was Heinz Ward who made it illegal. In the words of Adam <laughs> Schefter, assault. Yeah. Um, so, Jagger, you're you're a Parks and Rec guy from your uh, from mm. some of your TikTok stuff. Who would you say would be the best dynasty manager of the cast of characters mm. on Parks and Rec? Uh, it would be Ben Wyatt because he'd be the only guy to use like analytics and stuff like that. And then like everyone else is like pure vibes. Like, you know, Andy, he's going chalk, man. He's going straight Colts the entire time. He's picking up like he's trying to pick retired Colts if he can. So um uh, I, I definitely got to give it up to my boy, Ben Wyatt. <laughs> he would do his research. So. <laughs> that's the correct answer. Yeah, that's what I was hoping <laughs> I think that is the correct answer. Nair, did you have an answer on that? Have you seen Parks and Rec? I I have one Parks and Rec, and there's really no other answer besides that. Um, you know, I think we already knew this question, and I had some thinking. You know, I thought a lot about this, actually. Um, and it is. It's Ben, for sure. There's no way that you can answer that question any other way. Yeah. Mm. All right. So talking about wide receivers on today's show, Jagger, you were talking a little bit about Devonte Adams right there. And you were talking about some of his footwork and some of his hand placement and stuff. So I think this question is already going to be answered before I ask, but when you look at the wide receiver position, are you more, is your process more rooted in film or analytics? Would you say? Easily film like analytics. I could tell you what I'm looking at. I guess like we'll start from a prospect standpoint. I know this is wild. The biggest analytic I care about is age. Like if they're 24, I start to get sketched out. Like I think Xavier Hutchison's a really good prospect on tape, but because he played at Iowa state and is 24 years old, he's like whipping up on big 12 defenses as like a grown man. So like that, th that is, I guess that's barely an analytic for that. But um, I do take in consider consideration stuff like um, um, your measurables, like, uh, like e even though we've had smaller wide receivers, like tank Dell, I think is a frightening prospect to draft in the second round, you know? Cause like, yeah, especially after hearing the story that CJ Stroud said, Hey, I want tank Dell and they drafted him. That doesn't make me feel good. Cause even, even when like veterans say, I want this guy, like look at Aaron Rodgers. He's like, I need Randall Cobb. Like you don't need Randall Cobb. You'll be fine without Randall Cobb. You're probably better off without Randall Cobb, but he's like your binky. So we're willing to give that for you, you know? So um, it's definitely film. 
And a lot of that is how they separate. Like um, a lot of people want to look at yards after catch and uh, do they break tackles? All of that matters. But I think that the number one thing is everything that happens before they get the ball in their hands. So that's what I'm looking at first. Perfectly well put. Nerd, nerd, you're more of a film guy, you would say as well, right? Yeah, there's there's some analytics that go into my process and that's way after all the film that I go through. Um, initially it's film, film, film. Um, and then, yeah, I do look at stuff age, like breakout age is huge. You know, you mm-hmm. don't want a guy that is breaking out when he's a grown man, you know, going up yep. against guys that do laundry for mom's house and stuff. Like, it's just not, um, you know, some of these guys are coming out and they're older than, you know, people in their sophomore season right now in the NFL. Yep. So, um, it's just it's not good comparison and i don't think it's going to translate well um but yeah i mean there's i think there's a a good mix of how i go about things um i've broken down the whole process a few times but it's usually film and then analytics and then i just kind of you know figure out the best end of those two things and and come up with a you know a grading for for each player usually yeah yeah for sure yeah, I, I definitely sort of more film myself, and then once I kind of so Uh oh, there he goes. Keep yeah. keep losing him, man. Is he gotta get you out of that office? I yeah, know. he's in. Yeah, he's in his his cubicle, and he's definitely not doing good in that little <laughs> cubicle of his. I feel like you're in a firewall or something. Like, no, that's that company. That's that company internet. Yeah, they yeah, they see what you're doing. You're on the you're on the camera right now, and they're cutting you short. Yeah, they shouldn't because <laughs> I'm having I'm having a great time doing doing all this, and you know, positive work morale but, is what's best for my productivity. So they should they should allow me to to have fun while I'm here from time to time. Um, yeah, we're all but anyway, film before, guys, right? It's probably guys. Yeah, I'm film. the one who's got to. Yeah, I and you know it's. I, I started picking You're up on film the guy. Stuff. You're film guy, JC. I would say I picked up more on the anal- analytics stuff when I started putting my takes out there, and I soon realized that people don't really care what a fo- what a guy that has like 90 followers has to say about like the film breakdown. So I tried to giving subjective, data driven analysis as opposed to film analysis because that I, I suppose it's more objective than then showing what somebody's yards per route run or receiving yards per team pass attempt, yada, yada, all those long uh, acronyms and stuff. But yeah, I, I, I like watching the film of the guys more, but I think it's, it's more relatable to people if you tell them these, these numbers and these statistics, because it's something that's digestible, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. I get that. And I don't know about you guys, a lot, a, a lot of the, a lot of the reason why I like to use film is, uh, I've, I actually saw like a tweet the other day, and I don't know how true this is, but uh, it, it, it was basically saying that most models are like 30 to 40% hit rates and that like a lot of times models are created, like anyone can basically make their own model. And a lot of them are, are confirming their own biases that they already have a lot. And I'm not saying that's anybody or your favorite um, um, analyst or anything like that. But I, fi- I find that there's clear context that oftentimes get, a, get gets ignored. Like I was told 
a straight up till draft day that Zay Flowers probably wasn't going to be a first round pick. And it was like, well, you know, my spreadsheet, it's, it's super sad. You know, uh, I don't like my spread. And then I'm like, can snap. Terrible. But that's they're doing this but on the flip side again like I've, I've taken some hard lessons like on running backs where it's like if you don't hit that i know people say 200 if you're not at least 210 and you're not jameer gibbs you're probably not good that i mean that that's where we're at or like maybe definitely everywhere else may or under 200 pounds and that's just that's consistent data that i had to come around to so a lot of it is that we'll stubborn and picked aside. In all reality, all things matter. Both both things matter. You know? Yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't agree more with that. Um, so I'm not going to touch that Devon A. Chain landmine. I'm just going to continue to go on to the top 12 wide receiver rankings that that we kind of put in this uh, <laughs> this chapter four. Um, so. When you're talking about your top 12 rankings, I wanted to get your opinion on this because people are always, you know, you see somebody's rankings. You're like, oh, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if I agree with this. When you're ranking, do you rank by when it is that you would draft them in a startup? Do you rank by how good they'll be over a certain amount of time? Do you rank by what is their future outlook and trade asset movability? What, do, what would you say is, is the, the best factor when you're ranking? The best factor is where I'm going to take him in a startup. Like I literally ask myself, who would I rather have on my roster? And then that's the simple answer. And even that's not too simple because like how do I make that decision? Then you play the balancing act of like age versus production type thing. You know, where um, Justin Jefferson is uh, older than a lot of guys, but he's still like on basically on a rookie contract right now. So to me, he's, he's like a slam dunk. If you're on a second contract, that almost – automatically kind of depending on how well your production is it almost always puts you close to the bottom of my top 12 at that point because you got to think you're five years in and then that's when you start having like the wear and tear and you're kind of like buying a a used automobile at that point to, to be rude and crude and use an analogy that I don't love, but I can't think of anything else right now. So <laughs> I think it's really fair. Yeah. Nerd. Mm-hmm. What, what would you, what would you say is your process when you're ranking these guys too? It's usually about a three year window is what I look at players. Um, there is a immediate reaction to my rankings where it's based off of ADP who I, I would rather take. Um, but then I also look at, you know, who's going to be productive in that three-year period? You know, who's going to give me the most bang for my buck? Um, and then I, I also take into account of the value of that player. So ideally, every player on my should be able to be traded for the person below with a plus on top. You know, so I, there's no way that you could trade somebody below another person um, for a plus in my mind. You know, that's kind of how most of my rankings will go. Um, but like I said, with a three-year window, I typically look at who's going to, you know, outproduce the person in, in fantasy points. Um, 
I, I am not somebody that doesn't mind holding the bag a little bit. If you know, that third year is not as productive as another player's third year, as long as that production kind of, you know, as a window hold is a little slight, even if it's just a little bit more, um, I'll take that as production goes. Yeah. I like that. I like that explanation of um, ranking and every person that's below another person, or at least in a specific tier, you should be getting a plus on top when you're trading down to, to something like that. So I think that's a good way of breaking it down as well. Jagger, I, I mean, I guess like the, the question of the episode more or less is who is your top 12 at the wide receiver position in dynasty football right now? Um, where do I have those written down at? Uh, uh, and I, I, my, my make of like Tyreek Hill is one that I have trouble ranking sometimes because I understand the production that he's going to offer you. And he's definitely like a three-year window guy, but like, I think nerd hit it. Like I would rather have all the people in my top 12 before Tyreek Hill. And if I'm in a trade, I'm going to need at least a little something. And we'll just start from like the top Jefferson and chase, nothing crazy there. I have Jefferson number one over chase because I think that he's a, a, a little bit more consistent PPR earner. Um, chase is a little bit more of a big play guy. And, and that's, the, to me, that's apples or oranges. They don't remotely spicy I get, and I don't think it's a spicy. I just think people are going to be slower to adjust. Is Garrett Wilson is my wide receiver three, and that's because we officially hit the point where he is like a second-year wide receiver, but I think he is ready to produce like Jefferson or Chase right away. So I, I think this time yet, next year we could talk about Garrett Wilson being top two even. And then we have A.J. Brown and C.D. Lamb. And – um. AJ Brown and CeeDee Lamb are kind of in the same bucket, but the reason why I have AJ Brown higher is because he has Jalen Hurts in a modern offense. I don't love Mike McCarthy, and I don't know what he's going to do, and I've got to knock CeeDee Lamb because of that. And then we get in the Jalen Waddle. Um, honestly, I like Chris Olave more, but Jalen Waddle is just – He's just got the numbers over. He's got the production. So, like, but with that objective process alone, I've got to put him a little bit higher. And then Amon Ross, St. Brown, Devontae Smith, T. Higgins, Drake London. This uh, this is a clear tier break here. These are guys that I feel really good being my wide receiver too. Not so much if they're my wide receiver one. And then I've already got Jackson Smith and Jigba in my top 12. It, I felt like that might have been a little premature, but I really just like the talent. And I think the landing spot's there. And even if he doesn't have like um, record-breaking numbers that we seem to get every year with a new rookie wide receiver, it, it, his time's coming. Tyler Lockett's a good player, but he's likely going to be gone within a year or two. So. Yeah, I'm, I I really, you know, like and like you said, talking about JSN and, and Garrett Wilson, where you're ranking them a little higher than where consensus might have them right now. It's because you're trying to be a little bit ahead of the curve, like thinking mm -hmm. six months out as opposed to to right now. So I can I can get with that. Um, I don't have an issue with with any with any of that, with any of those rankings, really. Um, nerd. What, what are your what are your top twelve? I know I know we tweeted them out this week, but just to get them just to get them on the audio waves as well as uh, the Twitter sphere. What do we got? Yeah, so I have Jefferson at one. He's in his own little tier, um, and then Chase is in another little mini tier of that top wide receiver. So it's like 
one I, I Jefferson's a clear one, obviously. Um, but how I rank is mostly on tiers. You know, I like to think of these tiers as almost straight lines, you know, where these players can be, you know, jump from one to the other, even though one has more value, you're probably not gonna see a significant amount of production um dip wise from one to the other as well. Um, so I mean, obviously I'm taking JJ. Um Although, you know, if Kirk goes, this is a good question for the crew. So if Kirk goes and we have like, a, you know, whoever, I don't know who's going to be the, the next quarterback, um, you know, if they draft somebody, do we still have JJ as the one clear over Chase without Kirk and then Chase linked up to Burrow for the next couple of years? Jagger, I'll let you touch that one first. I don't know, man. Um, I think because Kirk is the quarterback is why I have Jefferson higher, if that makes sense. Like, like if they get a real quarterback, holy shit. Like, and I'm not saying Kirk Cousin is, isn't a real quarterback, but like, uh, I can't, I can't rinse the taste of that Green Bay Packers game in week 17. I can't rinse that from my brain. He like, I have a lot of Justin Jefferson. Like if I have a competing team, Justin Jefferson's probably on it. And that knocked me out of the playoffs, man. And like anytime, anytime I look at the Vikings and I think, wow, they had a historic collapse. Who has been at the forefront of that collapse? It has been Kirk Cousins. So I, I guess to your point, it could get worse. It could get worse. But Justin Jefferson is like kind of like Devontae Adams right now. Like Devontae Adams basically got Derek Carr another contract at the Saints, I think. Because uh, uh, with any other wide receiver, Derek Carr wouldn't have done what he did, the very little that he did for the Raiders. And that that's what we're talking about in this, these echelon of receivers where they're, they're borderline QB proof. It would take like Marcus Mariota for them to be bad because uh, you want to see like how good players are. It takes Marcus Mariota to kill him. Apparently that's, that's the bar right there. Are you better? It's like the, <laughs> I call it the Mar Mariota's trench or something like that. Like if you can cross that Mariota like trench, you could put up decent numbers with these receivers. So like the Mendoza line and how I met your mother, where it's, yeah. it's how crazy is she relatively relative to how, how hot is she? It's now yeah. it's now how bad is the quarterback play relative to how good is the wide receiver? Yeah, yeah. I, I like that. Um, yeah, I, I was thinking about gearing up the same question actually to ask you two, so I didn't have to answer this. Um, <laughs> it's a difficult question to uh, to answer. Um, I think I'm just going to stick with Justin Jefferson number one because I don't see a world to where Jaron Hall is the future quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings, and I feel like they they have to get at least a competent guy in there. I mean, hell, they could even put Taylor Heineke on the team and he could throw it around a little bit to, to Justin Jefferson and he'd be just fine. So I, I think the the floor for how bad the quarterback play has to be for Justin Jefferson to take a real hit. I mean, even he, he had Sean Mannion play during that COVID year, that one time that uh, Kirk Cousins got COVID and he was still okay there during that game with Sean Mannion. Yeah. Quarterback. So yeah. it's Justin Jefferson is just in a league of his own. He's basically – a quarterback that you could slot in the wide receiver slot. So I'm not going to overthink it too much. I'll just take Justin Jefferson. Yeah. But. Yeah. Cause I mean, Justin Jefferson is team to, to a degree. That's who gets those people in the seats. That's, who's, you know, winning those games. That's who they, they pay the money to go see. Um, there's no way that they cannot get him a legitimate quarterback. 
to waste away his prime years. Like I don't, I don't know. That would be a, a failure as an organization, I think. Um, but not. Go ahead. Go ahead uh, I was gonna say not to get too far in the weeds. I feel like the Vikings are gonna be at a point where they're gonna have to do a forty nine. If they're if they're gonna want a quarterback, they're either gonna have to sign someone off free agency, which is also bad for your franchise because you generally have to overpay, and or they're gonna have to Kyle Shanahan it and then trade up a King's ransom to go up and get their guy. That that's where they're at. I, I feel like. Th- It'd be hard to say, hey, we need to pack it in and eat shit for a year so we can go get Drake May, you know, or, or hope he falls to us or, or whoever, you know, whoever ends up rising, maybe Michael Penix Jr. or something like that. I don't know. So the, the Vikings are an interesting or in an interesting position where I, I don't think they can ever win a Super Bowl with this roster. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. There I is agree. like a fun there is like a fun fan theory that when Jared Goff's contract runs out in a couple of years and Maybe Hendon Hooker takes over that Jared Goff goes in division and heads over to Minnesota once Kirk Cousins kind of hangs up or something like that. I feel like that would be kind of funny um, just because I feel like it would be like Kirk Cousins 2.0 almost in yeah. in, uh, in Minnesota. Yeah, but exactly what it would be. Nerd, where did you leave off in your rankings? Were you at the Jefferson Jamar Chase and then you were going to continue? Yeah, so Chase at two, um, and then I have CD, ADB, and Garrett Wilson. Um, it's kind of my own little second tier there. Um, and then after Garrett Wilson, I have Waddle, Olave, um, Amon Ross St. Brown. And then I have, you know, a couple, couple older guys sneaking in there with Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs, um, and then Devonta Smith is in there. And then Devonte Adams after that. So I'm not as dumb as, as blue chip is, but. <laughs> go ahead brother <laughs> i was gonna say that's like that makes sense like i can't argue with that it's like it's a different process because like like to me like like i was i was just trying to figure out where i wanted tyree kill the whole time and i'm like mm. like tyree kills a player i'm always gonna try to sell i don't i don't know like i am an ages it's, it's a perpetual problem that i could probably go buy tyree kill on a roster and it helped me win but i would rather overpay for like drake london because i'm sick that's just <laughs> I feel you, man. No, I, I have that illness too. There's a lot of monsters where I'm I don't want anybody over the age of 25, but I can't I can't bring myself to do that with every roster. You know, I think we're yeah. like, together and you know I it's mostly a, a younger blend. Um but I, I like money, I like winning leagues, and usually guys like Diggs and Devontae Adams and um Tyreek Hill are the ones that are going to win you that money. Um, the other guys mm-hmm. will probably get you a hill or a digs plus plus. Um, so if you could kind of insulate a trade with that, I, I'm for that. But um, I, these guys are becoming values at this point, and they're definitely going to produce big for the next two to three years. I mean, at least, you know, barring any health issues, I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think Tyree Kill is definitely a value right now. Like I'm thinking about it in my head. Like I'm like maybe I should go trade for Tyree Kill. <laughs> well, speaking of Tyree Kill, yeah. I, I guess I'll get into 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 my rankings. Uh, I have the same top five as the both of you. I think it's pretty chalk at this point who the top five guys in Dynasty are. I'm not going to waste mm-hmm. a ton of time with it. Really, Tyree Kill is my wide receiver six. Okay, I, yeah. on that 
I'm that high on Tyree Kill because if we truly do play the game in a three-year window, if we if that's the the gold standard of dynasty, you're playing it in a three-year window. How could you realistically rank the wide receiver two on Tyree Kill's own team above him as a dynasty asset? It just it, it it doesn't really make a lot of sense because I don't think he's going to outperform Tyree Kill on a year-to-year basis. Tyree Kill just had 31.9% of his routes were targets. That's the highest in the NFL this past year. He had the most receiving yards in his, t- in his entire career last year. He's 29 years old. This guy runs track in the offseason. Like, he's in plenty good shape. He's not the Deshaun Jackson speed receiver to where, you know, he just kind of rolls out of bed, shows up the training camp, and then pulls a hamstring two weeks in. Like, Tyreek Hill is mm-hmm. doing that in the offseason. Like, he's, he's making sure that his body's right. And in that Mike McDaniel offense, it's very clear that they are willing to get him the ball early and often. He had 1,700 yards to it, didn't even play four and a half games. Like if yeah, they had like even a competent quarterback for like the other four, is he breaking 2,000 in that offense? Like it's it's a possibility. Um, so so I re- I think Tyreek Hill is the most underrated asset in dynasty football as it currently sits right now. That's a hot take that I support. It's it, it, he really is. Like I said, I, I, I'm legitimately thinking I'll probably go get Tyreek because he's like realistically he's worth like one first right now. Like you could probably buy Tyreek Hill for a first, and that is yeah. when you think about the value of what you could get off that first. It's pretty silly, like to not. And I, I agree with you, because like 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 you said, like how can you have the wide receiver two above the wide receiver one? I told you, I'm sick. Like I, I like him, I like him young, man. Like I don't know what to tell. <laughs> it's so it's just, I mean, it is consensus. Yeah. yeah. We're talking about Tyreek being undervalued. What do you think you could get Tyreek for right now? Like the 106 or the 105? Yeah, 100%. Later than that? You could trade You could trade Tyreek Hill, or you could trade Jackson Smith and Jig. You could trade Tyreek Hill, or excuse me, you could trade Jackson Smith and Jigba for Tyreek Hill plus, probably, in the league. Yeah. At this point, I, I believe that. Yeah. Yeah, that that's that's the cutoff for real. Cause like you're officially at the I need to take a wide receiver. You know, should I take the bird in the hand or do I want you know someone that might gain value? And then and and let's say like you're like me, I I pretty much try to insulate every pick or every trade with a pick. Um, you're probably going to be gaining a lot of value either way by taking JSN or getting Tyreek Plus. I, I think that's a slam dunk. So, yeah. And then um, the rest of mine's boring. It's Amon Ross St. Brown, Jalen Waddle, Chris Olave, Devonta Adams, Devonta Smith, uh, Stephon Diggs. So all more or less. I, I was talking to Nerd before we, we started doing the show and stuff, mm-hmm. and that I was like, that wide receiver six to like almost wide receiver 17, you could really make an argument that any of those guys can be in the top 12 and almost any order in the top 12 and – I don't think you would be necessarily wrong. You would have at least an argument for for what you're ranking them. But wide receiver, it's deep, mm-hmm. it's deep in dynasty. So, so that's my favorite. Got- there's actual there's actual conversation with like rankings. Like I feel like running back and quarterback, it's hard to have like a lot of differentiation between it. But wide receiver, there's a lot of nuance in there. So Running back's hard. Once you get to like RB seven, it's like, is he RB seven? Like, are you gonna rank mm-hmm. Travis Etienne RB seven? Like, I don't, I don't know. 
because it's kind of it feels kind of gross. But at the same time, yep. it's who else is playing running back in the NFL right now? But wide receiver is yep. uh, there's a lot of guys that are making a lot of money. So wide receiver. Yeah, I think it's okay to be ageist when it comes to running backs. That's a valid you know ranking system. I think when it comes to wide receivers, um, it's there's more of a window. But if we're talking running backs, I think it's it's easier. Like Jagger said, to the kind of baseline a top twelve for me at least. Um, there's not so like there's a huge drop off from I think my top five to number six or you know like there's, I think it's almost concrete in a way compared to wide receiver where the top twenty are they could all be moved up and down. I wouldn't blink for the most part. Yeah. Yep. You basically have opportunity, age, and then talent because like talent matters at running back. But like if you're young and have opportunity, you're, you could probably outproduce a lot of talented guys. We watch it every year. Like it's not everyone just like talent over situation. I'm like, for sure, unless you play running back. And then it's like pretty much a hundred percent situation because yeah. like really, really talented guys. Uh, sit on a bench and then get traded to Philadelphia to peanuts all the time. Like it's just happens all the time. It's true. Like if you look at the the last month of the season, Ty Algier, fifth round pick running back, just a jag really. Guy's a top seven, eight running back in fantasy football, Mm -hmm. probably wins you a championship in some leagues. All because he just happens to be on a team that's putting the ball in the running back's gut more than any team in the league. uh, Let's let's talk about the the real ones that we've been watching for years. And Everyone knows that they're not better, and it has to be, it has to be, the 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 Shanahan system, like Jeff Wilson, Raheem Moster. You can be mediocre at best, and you're gonna churn out. Even without, they don't even have receiving, like a lot of receiving production, and they will still get you points in there. It's it's, the, I think that running backs are the most situational dependent assets on the planet that you're almost and i used to say this with redraft you're you're drafting an offense you're not drafting so much a player and it kind of still rings true right now like if if you're going to have someone who's going to use their team as a bell cow and not only just that you have a a team that's going to give them red zone opportunities that's going to be your best guy. Like you got to think like Damian Pierce, if he wasn't getting 40 carries a game, almost at one point he went to shit because he weren't throwing the ball. And then they're not a good enough offense to give him the high quality red zone touches. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's perfectly well said. So we'll get back on the wide receiver train here a little bit. We got off on a, on a tangent because running back in dynasty is such a fiery topic. And I appreciate the enthusiasm from the two of you. So I'm in some dynasty startups right now. Nerd, you're in some dynasty startups. Jagger, I'm sure you've been in a startup or two over the last month or at least a week or so. I find myself, when I'm looking for wide receivers, that there's clusters that I honestly don't know who to take out of these groupings of, of, th- of three guys. So I just lined up some old-fashioned keep trade cuts, figured I'd just fire them out and see what you guys have to say about them. So the first – Three that I have in a grouping is Deontay Johnson, Amari Cooper, Terry McLaurin. Keep trade cut. Uh, keep Deontay Johnson, trade Terry McLaurin, cut Amari Cooper. You did that very easily. Uh, Deontay, jo- Deontay Johnson is the best separator and the youngest. Uh, Terry McLaurin is just the best. If you look at a reception perception standpoint, Amari Cooper, I'm probably undervaluing him. 
I just don't know what the Browns are doing, and I don't think they'd know either. So, <laughs> Nerd, what are your what are your thoughts on that grouping? I think he I think he nailed it. Yeah, I agree that Deontay Johnson is probably the most undervalued of that group um, from a trade or draft standpoint. Um, so I think you could probably get him for a plus for either one of those guys currently. Uh, I, I think his talent and his skill set is was essentially wasted last year. He had a dead year. Um, so he's a huge value in my eyes. Um, I'm not going to really – I'm not cutting him and I'm not trading him because I'm not going to get the value that he's worth. So I agree that I'd probably trade Terry. Um, he is the best all-around um, wide out of that group in my mind. Um, I'm really sad that he's been kind of wasted in Washington. I would love to see him on – you know, even a Kirk cousin team at this point, but, um, and then yeah, Amari Cooper is great, but there's, there's too much going on over there. I have no idea, um, what they're going to do as far as spreading the ball. And, um, Watson is good, but I want to see that he is great before I can really commit to several players in that offense. Um, because you know, Elijah Moore on a bum, and um, Tillman is going to have to squeeze in there somewhere. I just don't know who's going to get those targets taken away. Amari Cooper seems like the most likely person to get, you know, eaten into the workload as far as anybody in that in that passing offense. Um, Njoku is actually – I have him placed up as a breakout player this year too. So I think I'm – at cost, Amari Cooper is great, but I'm not, I'm not in on him from having a better year than he had last year. Let's put it this way, where Amari Cooper's at. I have one share of Amari Cooper, and I took over an orphan, and then we had like a supplemental draft. It was like it was like two orphans, and we had a supplemental draft out of the two rosters. So I pick up like Amari Cooper and Debo Samuel. I cannot trade any of those assets for a late first even. Like I, and I think that's a little – it's a little cheap. Like it, that, that's a point where I can't sell Amari Cooper at all because like I won't take a second and no one will pay a first. So here I got Amari Cooper. <laughs> that's the worst. That's the worst gap to be in in Dynasty. Yeah. Not wanting to give up a guy for a single second, but knowing that you're not going to get a first. So yep. you either just have to take the loss or you're just going to keep you're just going to keep rostering him. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe I'm just the Steelers fan that when I watch Deontay Johnson play, he's just the most infuriating player on the field every single game. To where I just wanna I just wanna kill him. Because he just does he just does dumb stuff, runs backwards, drops easy passes, somehow makes miraculous circus catches along the sideline. So maybe that's just me being a little bit angry at him as a fan and not not really seeing him for the the asset that he is. But I love Amari Cooper. And I hate playing against Amari Cooper. So I think he might be a better real life wide receiver, but maybe he doesn't have the same ceiling PPR wise. But uh Diggs, Adams, and Cooper Cup. Nerd, we'll start with you this time. Diggs, Adams, Cooper Cup, keep trade cut. What do you got? So I will keep Diggs. I will trade. I will trade Adams and I'll cut Cup. That was hard, wasn't it? And I, yeah, I agree that that tier of player right there, um, 
would be pretty difficult for me to choose from. But I think I'll I'll take Diggs pretty easily over Cup at this point. Um, Diggs has not really shown me any slowdown in his game, and he's clearly the one to Josh Allen. So that's not a question of productivity. Um, Devontae Adams is QB proof, but he is, you know, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've had a conversation about Jimmy with you, JC, and I think I talked on this pod where he's not somebody that can really produce and, and support multiple fantasy assets in one game. You know, I think he can support one in one game and then jump to the next one, but he's not going to feed multiple options. Um, he's just not going to do it. He's, he throws for 120 yards a game at this point. I don't know. He, if he can do it, but I think Adams will eat, but not to the, to the level of digs. And I like, I just have concerns about Stafford. Um, I do have concerns about his injury. I don't think he's going to come back and, and be any lesser of a player. Um, but his longevity question for me, I think the way of Stafford is the way that cup goes. I don't know if they're going to really hold on to him and play him if they're not competitive this year. And I think that all depends on how, how good Stafford is. Um, so he's a gamble in my mind, even though I'm not game, I'm not the dice on his skill or his bounce back. It's more about the situation in, in that sense. All right. That's fair. Jagger, do you have a different answer or do you, do you agree? No, I'm just going to elaborate. Uh, on what nerd said because like essentially i, I was going to say you're, you're drafting quarterbacks i'd rather have josh allen and then i know what jimmy garoppolo is i don't know what the rams are like like that th that's pretty much what makes that answer like a uh, cooper cup is someone i don't want to roster and i'm willing to take a hit on a little bit to get out from underneath them or uh, the most i'm willing to hold them is to like trading camp i don't want to have them week one because i'm that terrified but other than that i'm pretty much lockstep with nerd yeah i'm interested to see what happens when when redraft season kind of rolls around and some of the reports come out that cooper cup's ankle's fine um mm -hmm. and if stafford's healthy i i would be interested to see if the market kind of corrects itself on cooper cup being that low because i feel like we kind of just we just kind of forget how good cooper cup is and how dominant he is when he's on the field but i do have Diggs and adams in my top 12 i don't have cooper cup in it so I think mm -hmm. for that reason, I would be cutting him as well. Um, so maybe I'm also suffering from some recency bias there. But uh, Jagger, I know you're an Arkansas guy, so I had to throw Traylon Burks into one of these scenarios. Traylon Burks, Christian Watson, Michael Pittman, keep trade cut. This is the hardest one out of this group because this is officially like this is a tier of wide receiver where I'm, I want to trade up for other guys most of the time if I if I have these or I feel good that they're my wide receiver three I don't feel good if they're wide my wide receiver two um I'm gonna uh, fuck I'm gonna keep Burks and then I'm gonna trade Watson and then I'm gonna cut Pittman and that doesn't feel good that I that, that doesn't feel good to say that Burks is simply I, there is no one else on Tennessee. There's nobody else. And I don't think they care. Like Tennessee runs that offense where your job as a quarterback is to give it to the monster in the backfield. And then you need to pass it to a tight end or a wide receiver run, a wide receiver one. You might check down to like 
like Westbrook Akine or something, you know, but and Watson is someone I didn't like as a prospect that much. And then now when I see him in the NFL, he also scares the shit out of me because he seems like a big play guy and he's not someone who has consistently earned targets. But again, I try to incorporate analytics and this dude makes spreadsheets happy and I can't ignore that. Then Pittman is like, meh, he's super meh. And I don't know if he's the, the new regime's guy or not. And I don't know where he fits in that stike in offense. I think he can be good. I just don't know. So that's why I'm willing to cut him because I at least know the two devils ahead of him. So not a big Kyle Phillips or Chigo Conquo guy. I like Chig. Kyle Phillips has been dying on my taxi squad for a whole season. And I've already started cutting him to put other tight ends and wide receivers. That won't happen. He's Hunter Renfro late. He's Hunter Renfro late. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nerd. What do you got for, what do you got for those three? I, I want to go against the grain here, but I feel like I'm pretty aligned with, um, Jagger for the most part. And I think that's why we're boys because, you know, we, we like the same stuff <laughs> and that's kind of how it goes in the fantasy circle where your content speaks to me. I love you. So I, um, I will go Burks. <laughs> I've been a Burks. I've been a Burks guy for a pretty, pretty long time. Um, I love him coming out and I think he was misused last year more than anything else. You know, I think they just saw it as like, uh, we're not going to make it. We're not going to use him to the degree that I think we we could use him. Um, he did have those injuries too. So I, I'm hoping that they use him correctly. You know, he's a yak monster and getting the ball him in any fashion is going to result in, in yardage. So I just, I hope they watch some, some game film from his college games and they, they try to incorporate um, using him in that way and not in an AJB role where it's not how he's going to succeed. And, um, you know, moving on to Watson, I, I agree with Jagger that, you know, he is a big play guy. Um, he is going to see some, some touchdown regression. I think that with that, you're probably going to, you know, expose him to what he is, you know, he boomer bust guy in my mind. Um, I could be very wrong on him, but I'm not going to take him where I'm taken as far as ADP goes because he's being valued um, above guys like QJ and Addison. So, I mean, he's being, you know, valued above the 107, 108 range, and that's not where I see him at all. Um, and then, you know, Pittman, I think, could be the guy in this offense. And if we see... Anthony Richardson really get a shot immediately. Um, he's probably going to be matched up with the best quarter that he's ever had. Um, so there is a possibility where he shoots up in value. Um, as of right now, I think I stand with the, you know, trade Watson and then, and then cut Pittman, but it doesn't feel good. I would rather, I don't know if mm-hmm. trading is a better thing, but I think Pittman would be my, my two in that list. Um, but I get more value for Watson if we're talking trade value, at least. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I just drafted Christian Watson at 510 in a startup, and Burks went 514. So I think I just like the overall ceiling outcome of trailing, of Christian Watson relative to, to trailing Burks. I, I think Christian Watson had like four wide receiver one finishes last year. 
So I mean, it's it's a pretty pretty impressive pretty impressive list uh, with the guys that he he accompanies uh, in that grouping. But I don't have a strong conviction either way. I feel like it was gross with these three guys, regardless. Um, we do have one more, but I kind of want to get into some Devi stuff because I know we're kind of a little bit on a time crunch. So I'm actually doing a little bit of uh, reconnaissance work because Jagger and I have a, uh, a supplemental draft coming up. So I kind of want to hear some of his thoughts on the 2024 Devi class of wide receivers and just some guys that he may be targeting. So if I got to move up and down the draft board, I, I can if I need to. Um, Jagger, who would you say is your early top five of the 2024 class for wide receivers. <laughs> um, you broke up there. Is it me that's oh, slagging this time? Yeah. Sorry. Um, Who's your top five 2024 wide receivers coming in in Debbie? The first pretty, a pretty um, um, scratch would be like Mars Jr. and the Ekbuka. After that, I think I like the neighbors. I've, I've, uh, I like the, the profile. I like like that he outshone the one like like, like Keisha. I think I don't know if it's a lot out of like Keishan playing not so much maybe better, but I'm willing to bet on that talent. And then a lot of Brooks from Alab think you know he's slow at, at a forty ten with a little bit higher. Um push on film but I, I i'm willing to bet on those regardless and then um i think i'm willing to take xavier worthy at that point. Uh, he's just so skinny I, I i don't know man like i guess we have skinnier receivers but he's like six three and like like a buck 50 or something like or maybe there'll be a slight breeze or something and that's it's gonna knock yeah, it's good enough. Yeah. Nerd, who are, who are your t- who are your top five? Um, you know, top two, obviously the Ohio State, Ohio State guys. Uh-huh. Um, I think we're breaking up a little bit. Um, I, obviously Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, and then Emeka mm-hmm. at at one and two. Um, and then it gets a little. It's like a little dicey for me. Um, I probably put Worthy at three currently, um, but I, I I'm not I don't have a strong conviction on that. Um, I think Worthy and um, Neighbors. I think Neighbors probably would jump Worthy um, for me. They're just they're like there, so three and four. Um, and then I'd probably throw, man, I got the Debbie guys all, I don't remember who's 24. Um, I like Jalen McMillan. Um, okay. Washington guy. Yep. Yep. Odin, I Mitchell's pretty, pretty high up. Well, 
Um, I think that he's probably going to be a riser this year and, and maybe jump into the top five. There's the four or five range for me is like question mark, whoever really bust out this year and, and shows up um, coming in that I, I can really concrete that, that ranking for me. Um, but first, first four, you know, the three and four are kind of up and down, you know, between neighbors and worthy. I don't, I don't know if I can necessarily put worthy or neighbors there with surety, but up to, I think that's everyone's top two right now. And that's, yeah. that's kind of how it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would feel, I would feel pretty good about it. Funny thing about Egbuka is that he was the five-star recruit coming in and Marvin Harrison Jr. was only the four-star. So I, I think that's pretty interesting. I think that's why those two are the the top two, almost no questions asked. Uh, Malik Neighbors, wide receiver three for me as well. Xavier Worthy, wide receiver five for me as well. My wide receiver four is a guy that's currently listed at tight end at Syracuse, and I think that he's going to make that transition over to wide receiver in the NFL, and that's Aranda Gadsden Jr. Um, NFL ties with his with his dad, Aranda Gadsden Sr., and I just don't think that he's going to put on like the kind of weight that's going to be necessary for him to actually mm-hmm. play tight end in the NFL. So I think he's going to be a wide receiver at the next level. And I think that he's shown a real ability to sit down and zone, play the slot around a Gadsden. I, I'm really optimistic about his ceiling. But a question that I wanted to ask you guys specifically about Debbie and Marvin Harrison Jr. is where do you rank him among your top 12 dynasty wide receivers as it currently sits right now? So if you were in a startup and Marvin Harrison Jr. was on the board, eligible to be drafted, what wide receiver off the board would he be? Jagger, start with you. Probably Tim. Like I think I'd feel good taking him above Drake London. I'd have him above J. Yeah, I'd have him above JSN. I'm trying to trying to think who. I think he might be top ten for me. So uh, it's probably a little early, but I'm even reading that the NFL thinks he's probably the best wide receiver out of this current draft class. So that's a lot like driving driving that for me. If I'm going to put JSN that high, Marvin Harrison Jr. Like one, he's got size too. That he's got size that we don't have right now, and he's performing like the receivers smaller than him. You know, so that's that's a good profile in my opinion. Yeah, I don't have any problem. I don't have any problem with that. Um, Nerd, where do you have him ranked? I would have him right on Garrett Wilson, so wide receiver five for me. So I think I'm, I'm oh, way wow. up That's on good. there with him. Yeah, I would I would take him. Um, yeah, I think I would probably take him in the second rounds, uh, late late second before like a tier Mara. Um, yeah. Yeah, I feel fine. I think, you know, that's that might change this year, but as of right now, I think if I was in a in a combined draft, I would probably take right there in the mid to late second. Yeah, so I took him. I took him wide receiver three in a in a dynasty Devi uh, combined combined draft off the board. I took him wide receiver three. Um, I think his his profile that he's going to put out, like especially with him actually playing his junior year, unlike Jamar Chase did, where he just he didn't play because of the COVID year. His profile is going to be insane coming out, uh, especially with the 
the NFL ties and stuff. He's going to be the 102 consensus in Dynasty Superflex drafts. It's going to be near impossible to trade for Caleb Williams or, or Marvin Harrison Jr. At, at this time next year when you're in your rookie drafts. Those guys are going to be setting and forgetting picks. And Marvin Harrison Jr. probably to be a top five pick in the NFL draft for the wide receiver position. So I think his, I think for all of those reasons, I'm going to have him ranked that high. And that's probably who I'm going to be pretty comfortable taking. Um, and I understand that that's, that's super high, but I just think his ceiling is just higher than the other guys that are, that are currently uh, dynasty assets right now. But yeah. And it's like, um, uh, for, for me, um, this next class, it's like it's already better with talent. I'm not trying to overhype, or I don't even think the 23 class is overhype. Running backs just went to really bad landing spots, but uh, like the top five is really, really good. Like, if you get a top five pick, you have Caleb Williams, Drake May, Marvin Harrison Jr., Travion Henderson. We're probably going to be putting Rocket Sanders in that same conversation, so it's probably going to be slammed on another like really good tight end prospect. Brock Bowers is coming in. So like like I think you guys should look at your crappy rosters uh on on your team and you should be targeting guys with um with try to get their first from them. The, if you'll find a sucker who will give you their first, just figure it out. So Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the last Devi question that I had before we get into a couple of listener questions, who's a guy that's not in your top 5 right now that you think at this time next year can be a top 5 wide receiver? Brandon Ayuk. Okay. Brandon Ayuk. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is, uh, I think, you look at his re- reception perception profile. If you look at what he does, the 49ers haven't even unlocked that because they don't have a they don't have a quarterback that can do it. I genuinely think Sam Darnold might be one of the best quarterbacks for the system that they're trying to run in a long time. I'm not saying Sam Darnold's good. I'm saying that the 49ers offense is good enough and Sam Darnold's arm is good enough to actually push the ball downfield. So we could be talking about Brandon and Ayuk having a top five season pretty soon. So I like it. Yeah. I I, I like that actually. I think Brandon Ayuk is a more talented wide receiver than Debo Samuel. I, I don't know if we're going to get I agree with conversation that. with uh, football player in general, but I think yes. if we're talking about overall skill set, I, I think I do think Brandon Ayuk is a better wide receiver. Um, mm-hmm. Nerd, same same question. Well, actually, before before you answer that, nerd Jagger, you were kind enough to give us an hour of your time. It looks like here. Mm-hmm. Do you want to plug anything before we say goodbye to you, my friend? No, just like get me on again, and I'll make sure to have enough time so we can talk and hang out. And then actually after the pod, we could do the after pod pod talk where we make all of our wives upset and talk even longer. So exactly, yeah, man. Yeah. I appreciate you coming on for sure. Yeah. Thank you very right, much. Thanks for, as always. Love you guys. Love you guys. Love you, love brother. You See you later, bud. Later, man. All right. Just the, two right. ami- just the two amigos. At, at, at oh, it. yeah. Thank, thank you very much, Jagger, for, for coming on. We really appreciate it. First guest yeah, on, we love you, on our show. So that was that was yeah. a lot of fun. So Once we have a more refined product and, and we're better at this as far as the production goes. I look yeah, forward to having Jagger back. Still going. You know, it's a little choppy, but we're still. Yeah, this is this is given in the in the new the new pod. 
But um, to answer your question, so somebody that's not in my top five that will be in my top five possibly in a year's time. Is that what the question was? Yeah, it was supposed to be for Devi, but I, I think I think uh, we had we had a little bit of connectivity issues for like those last like 10, 15 minutes or so. But you can give me both. You can give me top five for Dynasty and top five for for uh, 2024 wide receiver prospects as well, if you feel comfortable answering. I know you're a Ja'Cory Brooks guy. You didn't you didn't put him in your, I like, in your top five. I like Ja'Cory. Um, I think I would uh, – I think JoJo Earl could maybe have a massive year this year. And I know I've gotten flack about that for a little while. Um, I like JoJo for Debbie. I think that he um, – We'll see a little more opportunity this year. I don't know if he's going to slide up to the top five, but I think he's definitely going to make a pretty pretty large jump. Um, and then for Dynasty go, goes, I, I think it would probably go Devonta Smith. I think we see more of a um, shared role in that in that offense, and I think Hertz is probably going to only get a little better as time goes on in the ball. Um, I, I think that we're going to see – very similar production um, this year. And we see a one, a one B situation as opposed to just the one and two in that. Whether that results in top five, I'm not sure, but I think he can easily crack like top eight this year. Yeah. 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 I, I, I like, uh, I like that call with, uh, with, with him, with uh, Devonta Smith, I guess for top five for dynasty, that's not currently top five for me will probably be, I guess Olave would be able to sneak into that into that top five uh, if he gets a lot of, a lot of those deep balls from from Derek Carr or if they have him work underneath the middle and he's just a PPR merchant. Um, you know, I could see either scenario to where he he's taking the top off the defense with his speed and he catches fourteen hundred yards and ten touchdowns, or I could see a scenario yep. to where he catches 115, 120 balls and we're talking about him as, as a top five guy because of all the targets that he's going to get in that offense, especially you assume Alvin Kamara might be phasing out after this season and they bring Kendra Miller in, Jamal Williams with the contract. So maybe those targets go from the backfield to the passing game a little bit more underneath and Chris sure. Olave takes advantage of it. That wasn't a question I was prepared to answer, but I guess that that might be what, what I'm thinking for Debbie. I like Dominic Levette. He's a guy from Missouri that transferred to Georgia. I think he potentially could get into the top five. I haven't given up necessarily on Bo Collins or Caden Prather. Those were highly recruited yeah. guys that came in, bigger bodies, which is the interesting part about this class coming in in 2024 is that a lot of them are kind of like that prototypical size compared to this class where you have the Zay Flowers and the Josh Downs and the Jordan Addisons to where their BMI isn't there or the height's not there and they – they profile as more of a slot guy. Marvin Mims, another guy like that. My guy that I think could be a top five 2024 wide receiver. It's J. Michael Sturdivant. He was a two-year receiver at Cal, transferred to UCLA, six foot three, 205 pounds. He's going to get to play in the Chip Kelly offense with Colin Schley or Dante Moore, whoever have you is going to throw him the ball. Uh, TJ Harden and uh, who's the other running back there that I'm forgetting? I'm blanking on them. They got another. Oh, uh, Carson Steele. Carson Steele. Yeah. Yeah. Carson Steele and TJ Harden there at running back. Um, But I think he has the potential to be the best skill player on that offense. And if you're in a Chip Kelly offense and you're the best skill player, they find a way to 
just pepper you the, the targets. So I think with the profile that Sturdivant already kind of had as a sophomore, I think he has the potential to rise a little bit as a junior as well. So I'm excited about Jay yeah. Sturdivant. I like that call. Very out of the woods call, but I like that. Yeah, because I mean, I, I think Jojo, I think Jojo Earl is uh is an out out of the out of the woods call. I, I, he just transferred to what TCU too, I think. So yeah, potentially get some some more targets there and kind of like that air raid Sonny Dykes passing game. But yeah, I mean, that's the the transfer really got me. So I think that's really what is making me jump him up a little bit. Um, You know, I think it's just new opportunity to kind of streamline that that skill set that he has. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree. So we had some listener questions uh, posed uh, from from our our Twitter post that when we announced that Jagger was going to come on. So I went and scribbled those down and I got them in front of me here. So listener question one, I'm seeing a, a lot of similarities with Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields. I'm convinced Justin Fields takes a big leap this year. What are your guys' thoughts on DJ Moore making the same leap as AJ Brown did? What are your thoughts? Um, I don't know about an AJB DJ Moore jump. That's probably not going to happen. Um, very different wideouts in my mind. Uh, I could see DJ Moore jumping into top 12. Um, but I also, as a big fields guy, uh, I need to see a little more development for fields as far as his mechanics go. And um, I think that's a, a great possibility that he he makes a huge jump no doubt dj moore is going to be the one on that team i just don't see him you know all of a sudden vaulting into a top three dynasty wideout um i will give him jumping from 25 to top 12 for sure and that's cutting his 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 average in half as far as where he's going um yeah i give him like top 12 for sure top three i don't there has to be a crazy improvement to that offense. And I don't know if they're going to do that all in one year, you know, maybe yeah. in a couple of years time. Um, if they really give the keys to fields and open up that passing attack, there's a, there's a great possibility that we see DJ Moore slide it into the top five um, because he, he is a very talented wide receiver, um, but he just isn't being into the situation that AJ jumped into. Yeah. I completely, I completely agree with you. Um, I'm just, uh, I'm just not a DJ Moore guy, really. I've, you know, been there, done that. I don't really know if the situation's any different in terms of target share and target opportunity and all of these th- underlying metrics that kind of lend credence to if he's going to be a wide receiver one in fantasy. I think we just kind of have to accept the fact that he's never going to be a wide receiver one. He's going to be a very good NFL player. Probably going to be a decent wide receiver too for us. Um, I, I, I'm just not quite there to say that a top twelve wide receiver season is in the the range of outcomes for for DJ Moore. So we'll see. I would love to be wrong because that would mean that would mean sure. that Justin Fields has been great, and I love Justin Fields. Uh, he was my QB one in that 2021 class. Had him over Trevor Lawrence. Um, I don't think that he's, you know. That first year's worth of year, he definitely wasn't in like the best position to succeed. And then 
last year he was thrown to practice squad guys. So again, not not in the best yeah. position. Seat, so yeah, he hasn't. He's in his best position so far of his NFL career. So um, if he's going to make a jump this year, it's definitely he's set up for the jump. Yeah, absolutely. This question would have been good for Jagger because I believe he is a Jaden Reed guy. But I, I think Maddie Big Chest asked this: Why is Jaden Reed so undervalued in rookie drafts? Do you, have, do you have any rebuttal response? I think Jaden Reed's rise in college was kind of um, you know, I think a lot of people slept on him and he, he kind of snuck up on a lot of people um, that have been watching college football. And, and you know, I, I think generally these drafts, people that aren't that familiar um, are, are drafting Jaden Reed in the back end of the third. Um, I, I personally, I do feel the same way. I love Jaden Reed, and I think he's going to be um, a very big surprise to a, a lot of people um, this year because I think he offers a different skill set than Christian Watson in, in the sense that um, he works that middle of the field a little more and he um, comes out of the slot and, and he definitely complements Christian Watson's skill set um, to the degree that I think he's going to be a safer bet to get the targets from Love, who is going to want to air it out all the time. I don't know if Love's going to be as adventurous as Aaron Rodgers was. So I think, you know, Reed's going to actually benefit from love trying to play safe a little bit and not, you know, um, throwing deep balls in every, every drive. So I think we're going to see a lot of Jaden Reed at the beginning of the year. Yeah. I'm a, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of like indifferent to Jaden Reed. I, I don't, people have, I've seen people compare him to Brandon Ayuk. I don't think that's in the realm of his, uh, range of outcomes uh, he, he was a second round pick so decent enough draft capital invested in him older prospect um i'm just not quite sure i believe in the ceiling for Jaden reed so much as maybe just the safe floor guy that is a wide receiver four wide receiver five flex option for your dynasty roster which does have a does have a role you know you need you need guys like that could that could play during the bye week and you know could could plug in in the event that one of your starters goes down or something like that and give you a decent production. I'm just, uh, I haven't gotten any Jaden Reed because I think he goes usually like end of the second, typically. Yeah. I just don't think I'm willing to give, uh, to spend a second round pick on him in, in rookie drafts. Hey, I've actually gotten him in the beginning of the third, almost every draft, like 302, 303 range. Um, yeah. I would take Jaden Reed over Mingo. All day, every day of the week, personally. Um, and you're, you're looking at Mingo going at the beginning of the seconds. So, you know, if you have Mingo, I'd say trade him for Jaden Reed Plus if if it's possible. Because uh, I think that's probably, you're looking at Mingo maybe being a complete bust. I think Jaden Reed has that floor that Mingo doesn't offer you. So that's my hot take. Jaden yeah, I think, you, I think you tweeted something out like that from the main account too that uh you would re- like take Jaden Reed over Jonathan Mingo in, in uh your rookie drafts like right before the draft started. And I was surprised that both of them were second round picks. Um I mean I guess Jonathan Mingo had a lot of helium up towards the draft, so it was reasonable to to think that he would have been a second round pick. Uh J- 
Jaden Reed kind of getting in there in the second round, which is, you know, where the Packers tend to draft uh, most of their wide receivers. They don't like using premium premium yeah. assets on them. So, for sure. Knows? Yeah, I I don't know if I really have a good a good read on what the range of outcomes is for for Jaden Reed in uh, in Green Bay. So I'll have to dive I'll have to dive into that one a little bit more. Um, so this is from Vince. So Godwin, Debo, Christian Kirk, Terry, Deontay, Mike Williams, etc. They're all in this twenty-seven to twenty-eight year old age range, or soon to be at least where they will still fit any build if you play in a two- to three-year window. But in a dynasty community that constantly values youth, they're probably not expected to see any rise to their value unless they do what Cooper Cup did. So I guess he's asking, who would you like to have out of that group? And do you think it's reasonable to suspect that any of them will gain value over that two- to three-year window? So let me try to get these names. So we had Debo, Godwin, um, Christian Kirk. That's all I. Christian. Terry McLaurin. Okay. Deontay Johnson and Mike Williams. Okay. So I think Terry and Deontay have a window to definitely boom higher than they, they are now. I think they both will gain value after this year. Um, I, I, there's no doubt in my mind that um, the offensive minded coach in um, Washington is going to improve that offense to, uh, uh, I think a huge tier up from where they were before. And I, I also think Howell is probably an improvement from anybody that was throwing the ball last year too. Um, even though I'm, you know, he is Howell, but I think I'm probably higher on Howell than, than a lot of the people in the community. Um, and then Deontay Johnson is coming off of one of the worst his his worst year, I guess, as um, NFL player uh, for, you know, lack of targets or this and that, um, you know, as, as opposed to being the target monster that he was. But I think Kenny Pickett will improve um, enough to support Deontay um, and that that target monster and that that safe floor player that we kind of knew that he was before this year. Um, I think I would go with those two players in that tier. I do like Godwin, but that QB situation, even though I think he's probably going to get a lot of targets, I don't see he's going to have a better year than what he had last year. So I'd, I'd rather take two players that are going to have better years. And with that, their value is obviously going to rise up a little bit too. Yep. And, um, do you think there's a world where Godwin, Debo, Christian Kirk, I think we could both agree Mike Williams is never gaining value again. He is at his his peak or he's on the, the downturn from, from that yeah. peak. But Godwin, For Debo, sure. Christian Kirk, do you think there's any way that those guys gain value? Um, I mean, Kirk could stand a um, improved efficiency and – possibly see a lesser um you know corner or cover guy with Ridley in town. So I think maybe he might even improve on his last year with Ridley in town. There's that possibility. Um Debo Debo is somebody that is like Burks. He needs to get the right usage um to produce elite fantasy seasons 
And I don't know if Debo's ever going to see the usage that he saw where he produced that massive fantasy year. Um, you know, that was his peak value when he was a hybrid player. And I don't think he's ever going to go back to that pure hybrid play where he's going to get, you know, eight to 10 carries a game, you know, and then catch the ball five to six times. That was insane huge that it's just not, I don't think it happens. And especially if Trey Lance is the quarterback and he's a, a rushing QB, um, I don't know if they need to see Debo in that role anymore. Um, so I, I don't know. And, and Godwin is somebody that could easily increase his value if he is that safe floor guy um, for for the team where he's just, you know, catching little little slant routes and, you know, being that, that safety blanket for Mayfield or whoever's throwing the ball, um, you know, inside the 10 and then using his legs to kind of run out and just, you know, that's what Godwin does. He's, he's that little safety blanket for his quarterback. So he's, I think he's quarterback proof. Um, but I don't think any of them rise the way that Deontay or Terry could rise personally. Yeah, I I like that. So like Christian Kirk was was one that was interesting here as somebody that could rise because the Jaguars targeted the slot more than anybody in the league last year. So if that trend stays, Calvin Ridley has like a twelve and a half percent slot percentage in his NFL career. He's not really a slot guy. So Christian Kirk is going to be operating primarily in the slot and getting the majority of that slot work. And like you said, facing lesser talents at the corner cornerback position against him. So I think he is a guy that could rise in value, especially if he proves to be the number one for Trevor Lawrence. Um, but Godwin is just like another guy that I don't think he's ever really going to lose his value for another two, three years, because like you said, he, his role is very defined and it's not a role that um, goes out of style really, regardless of, of who the quarterback is. And if the Buccaneers with Baker Mayfield, if they're in Todd Bowles as head coach, if they're just an abject failure and they come in last place in that division and they're awful. And if they're in last place in that division, the NFC South, that means they're one of the worst teams in the NFL. So unless they all just cannibalize each other and they go like seven and 10, like respectively, but um, if they get like an up, a quarterback upgrade, and like Chris Godwin somehow lucks into like a second act with, you know, God forbid Caleb Williams or Drake May or something like that, or even Quinn Ewers or something. They get like a young quarterback in town. Um, I think you're looking at another I mean, spike in God, value. For Godwin, Godwin is not in the 28, 29 age range. He's what, 26, right? 27, I believe. Chris yeah. Godwin. I mean, he's got, he has those injury concerns, but don't, I don't see him dipping um, from old age in the next two years, you know? So he's got a, at least a two to three year window where you're right. If they get a quarterback next year, um, he could be an insane value, you know, coming up next draft. Cause he really hasn't lost value. And that was when Tom Brady was his quarterback to now Baker Mayfield. So he's at a 44 yeah. year old at quarterback and then Baker Mayfield who has been on, well, like three or four different teams in the span of two years. So it, uh, yeah. And that it, wasn't really, that wasn't really Tom Brady that we saw last year. I'm not really yeah. going to call that to be a, um, I, I don't want to say we're not really seeing a drastic, um, you know, for what Godwin does. I don't think that QB change from Brady to Baker is, 
significant at all. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah. Baker has no problem throwing it seven to ten yards. That's not his it. I agree. This last one was funny. Uh, we already kind of talked about this player a little bit, but what is your outlook on Jonathan Mingo, and what do you need from him production-wise to be worth the early to mid-second he's currently being valued at? Um, I mean, Mingo, I think, is being drafted as the wide receiver one at all. Um, and I don't know if he's going to even project to be the wide receiver one. Um, I, I don't know. I just don't – I'm not high on his on his skill set. I, I profiled him as a wide receiver three. I was comfortable with him in the third round. Um, I don't see him as a wide receiver one, and that's really where he's being drafted. Um, he goes above, you know, guys like Downs and, and Rice um, and Mims. And I would probably take all three of those guys over Mingo um, because I think that's the kind of profile that guys have. It, it probably translates a little better. Um, I think Mingo has some good qualities, but I would need to see – I would need to see like a Higgins level rookie year go out where he's drafted. You know, I would have to see like a Higgins, Amon Ross and Brown type rookie year because going to draft him at the, the one twelve two Oh one. He, he better bring it. He's got to be a immediate receiver for your team. Am I am I wrong? Like that, that that's that's what you're looking for at that at that range, right? Like if you're gonna take a wide receiver there, you want somebody that's gonna immediately produce on your team. You want somebody that you can actually plug in your flex day one. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I truly I truly it's a, it's an interesting question because I, I don't I don't really know what I'm expecting from an early second round pick. I'm expecting somebody with really good upside. Um I don't know if I'm necessarily expecting him to be like a, you know, a, a day one, even season one uh, outbreak candidate or performer or something like that. But I'm definitely expecting him to, you know, show some signs that he could be a guy like that. I would definitely expect him to. I would need him to be able to definitely accrue value over a calendar year, which, like you said, if. Jonathan Mingo goes into camp with Carolina and he can't beat out the ghost of Adam Thielen and uh, Terrace Marshall and uh, LaVisca Chanel. I mean, it's, you know, it's the walking dead over D- there. Like you, at, forgot, at the, you forgot, you forgot DJ shark, man. Yeah. Well, I, I, I can't even with DJ shark. Come on. It's yeah. The wide so receiver it, one. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> those are the guys that he's, that he's got to compete with. So if he doesn't beat out those guys, I don't know what to tell you. Like, it's just it's just not going to happen. So it's going to be interesting. We're going to find out very quickly, like, how how good or not good Jonathan Mingo is. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, they did draft him, like, 39th overall, I think. So they, they anticipate him being pretty good. So Yeah, and that's what you, you look for. You want to see, like, a Higgins. That's exactly where he's being, draft, being drafted in the Higgins, Amon, Rossi, and Brown range. Um, and – those are the kind of expectations that people have that they're going to get that production immediately. Um, and, and you're right though, that wide receiver room, I don't think, you know, you could throw a Christian Kirk on that team and he would be a monster. 
So if he, if Mingo is close to Christian Kirk, he will produce. And I don't even have Mingo close to Christian Kirk personally. I think he might be. I don't know. I I just I'm out on him at ADP. I'm out on him. I was in on him at the late the late second, early third. I am out on him as the late first, early second. Yeah, I'm definitively out on him at at, at that cost as well. And if he if he is good, then credit to all the Jonathan Mingo truthers, which there are there are plenty. So um, yeah. again, their their victory laps in and stuff on on the Twitter sphere and stuff, but. Yeah, I'm think, drunk on myself. If I'm wrong on Mingo, I'm fine with that. I'm okay with yeah. being wrong on Mingo because whatever. That's not somebody that I have a strong conviction on either way. But um, there's no way that I'm taking him over. Like I said, guys like Downs or, or Miss um, just can't do it. Yeah, I agree. Well, I think we had a pretty action-packed episode talking 2023 dynasty wide receiver landscape and then even a little bit of debbie talk as well do you have anything that you want to add or plug before we sign off here yeah i think you know you just saw a show with all guys in the dgen's discord and if you're not in the discord i suggest you dm either myself or jc dynasty um and and try to get an invite in there it's a free discord and we are you know, talking fantasy all day long, player values, trade help, you know, construction, startups, all that good stuff. Um, so if you are looking for a space where you can talk, you know, fantasy football 24-7, come on down. And, and like I said, DM one of us and get up on in there. Um, and then eventually you'll probably hop on the pod with us and talk some fantasy here. So, yeah, I have nothing Jason, else what you got. Yeah, I have nothing else to add. So Nothing? Yeah. This has been episode two of the Dynasty DGENs podcast. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you here hopefully same time, same day next week. Hey, Thanks, everybody. Later, guys. Thank you.